Did everybody get ivory? I'm just <laughs> opening the full version now. I don't it, like that I, it resets some of my uh, preferences, though. Yeah, yeah. It re- resets some of my display settings. I was like, wait, yeah, this font is too small. And my color was wrong for my the accent color. That I didn't notice. One star. <laughs> <laughs> Get your reviews ready. That's right. Hot takes, everybody. Oh. No, I mean, that's uh, nice that it's out. Yeah, you know what? No, it's I'm... not nice that it's out. <laughs> it's HBO. It's Max. Oh, I've got that. Oh, man. That wasn't even the thing I was thinking of. It's going to be a banner day here. On that's the right. Rebound. Bring your complaints. It's time for the rebound. I, I like every app that came out today. Oh, really? No, oh, good that's for you. That's not true. No, that's I, definitely not I bet you don't. Shit. I bet you don't. <laughs> you uh, do right. you want to take, should we take some turns here? Or? I guess Go so. For it. Yeah, yeah. Why not? I, I actually just used the Max app over lunch to watch an episode of a show, and it was fine. Um, but it definitely, the I guess among the things they've done is they've abandoned the standard iOS player right. or tvOS player. Which is annoying because, I, I don't know, I just, all the apps that all have different ways of doing things, I do wish they, I know why they don't all use the standard player, but I really wish they would because it's super annoying every time to figure out, like, how do I turn subtitles on? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, <laughs> how do I skip forward? How do I skip back? Can I use Siri here? All of those things. Right. Well, if, the answer is no, no. <laughs> Correct. Um I not even it's not my most egregious of all of them. Honestly, I have a lot of gripes with the Amazon Prime one because I think it does on purpose, but I think it thinks that the ideal situation is when you need to turn on subtitles or change something, you have to pause the video, which is fine, but it's super disconcerting because it's always like I'm not used to that anywhere else. I can't decide you if to, that you behavior have to pause is better it or worse. First or do you, no, no, no. Uh, it it pauses yeah. automatically as soon as you bring up a menu, which yeah. most of the other ones don't do. And well, I just Plex, find it. Plex does that too, which okay. I always find, I find it, it yeah. annoying. But again, is it a bad? No, I mean, I guess I don't want to miss anything, so it's not bad. It's just it's not how anybody else does it, and that that. I me. judge iPad streaming apps by whether they have good keyboard support, because some of them, like Netflix and Apple TV, uh, are good at letting the spacebar pause, for example. Mm. And then others like Peacock and at least HBO Max are terrible at that and don't do it. And then knowing which one you're in and then trying to pause, like I hate having to touch the screen to pause because then you have to touch the screen to unpause and you get that weird like dimmed overlay for a second and then you're like, is it ever going to go away? And then you tap it and then it comes back because it was going away the second you touched it. You know what I mean? We've yeah. all had this. That is a Syracusean level complaint, I, I want to say. Like it's valid, <laughs> totally valid, but like the detail <laughs> that you have thought about that. <laughs> I, I stand by my assessment. That's fine. No, that's that's fair. I... I think um, the Peacock app I found most egregious because I noticed, I don't think I had the uh, ad-free plan, but when you pause the video, it puts up, after a second, it puts up an ad on the pause screen, and I find that mm. hateful. Mm. Not a fan of that. Uh, yeah, that's real bad, and there's going to be more <laughs> of that. Um, I don't know. I, the, most of the Max app feels like, uh, like navigation-wise, it's largely just a reskin version of the HBO Max app. So I didn't, you know, have trouble and it picked up all my watch list and everything. So I did not have trouble like immediately picking up on a show that I had been in the middle of watching. But we can but, agree it's weird as hell that they decided to make a whole new app instead of just using Not only that, but app. that they just it's not I, surprising. I don't like the branding either. Is I it surprising? I don't think so. I don't think it's surprising. 
But, well, it but, is surprising because it's like, why spend all the time re-engineering something that you already have where you could just like... Uh, look at the rest of their decision-making process. <laughs> yeah, but this like this had to cost more money is the point, which I, seems uh, out the, of... Everything they do is just absolutely bananas to me, so... Yeah, I don't know. It, I, I find it very puzzling, so... I don't quite understand what's going on there, but fine. I also don't... Under, yeah, like, the, the branding is the other thing I don't get, right? Like, yeah. Max... <laughs> It means it means nothing. Nope. I <laughs> that's what happens I, when you know, I, CEO comes from a different company, and then he's not one does not which, care honestly, anything for the brand that I, everybody else seems to you know everybody else's love for like decades. I don't know if this made national news, but David Zaslov gave the commencement address at Boston University, of which he's apparently a it graduate. Did, it did make national it made, news. It made international news where he got all the people chanting at him, pay your writers. Yeah. Yes. Uh, fantastic. I was No notes. <laughs> yeah. Which is good, because I, the writers aren't taking notes. <laughs> I saw um, our friend uh, Peter Cohen was talking on Mastodon about, well, people who are thinking that it's bad that they rebranded to, to Max, uh, think if, if home box office really means anything. No, home box office never meant anything as far as I'm concerned, but HBO means something. Right. And going all in on like the least interesting part of their brand and the one that's like also the most generic word is dumb. It'll be fine as long as the content's good. I, I was less, I was more angered by their announcement of some new plan where you can get more movies <laughs> if you pay them more per month which just seems dumb i think that's dumb yeah yeah i i i don't i don't i think we just have a standard plan i actually am on my, on my parents plan now because we had hbo max for a while and then we it was the service we cut and so then my parents subscribed to watch something and now we have access via their account mm. um so i don't i mean but i also don't until they crack down a, on that dan yeah. Well, to my parents crack down on it. Why are you using our <laughs> um Is that how your parents are reloading kids? <laughs> I mean that's fine. They're using like six of my services. Uh we don't have they're gonna 4K... focus on that one though. <laughs> of course. Uh we don't have a four K TV, so the people talking about like the expense, extra expense for a four K stream, it's like I actually feel weirdly vindicated in my ten eighty P lifestyle at this point because I feel like a lot of the things people complain about with image quality mm -hmm. are just not even close to an issue for me. Like all those people yeah. when when everyone complained about it, like shows that were too dark, um, because I think that's probably a, a, uh, HDR side effect in cases, uh, never been a problem for me. I've never had an issue with that. Well, my TV is 4k, but um, all the stuff that I get is, is not, <laughs> I don't think I can well, see that would be even worse though, right? Because it's like, oh, it's a 4k screen, but now it looks like your, your content yeah, but is shittier, still, but it's like, I got my screens topped out, man. It was man. still like, yeah, I mean, but it was like, <laughs> it was not expensive. I don't, I don't, I don't consider like, it was like 500 bucks for a 50, 55 Oh, it's not inch, the cost of like it. That. I, yeah, it's I don't, just like, it's whoa. not the cost of it. It's just the, it's the there's less gap between what is possible on the to display on the you know device i have and what is available sort mm -hmm. of so i don't feel like i lose out on feeling like oh the quality looks so low or yeah. this you know uh, i don't know people people talking about the 4k streams not looking great or or you know what have you and it's just like yeah last generation's technology is actually serving me fine here and i don't i don't feel like i need cinema quality on yeah. my 1080p TV, i don't everything I, yeah. everything still i don't, I don't great. miss anything i mean like, like i said i don't i don't get any much of anything in 4k as far as i know and i mean i think i think the amazon app is 4k right i think it's the one one of the few ones that i actually pay i mean 
that I'm not paying any extra for, but it just comes in 4K. And I don't watch that much on Amazon to begin with. And when I do, I'm usually watching on my iPad anyway. And um, I don't I, like you. Know, I don't think I noticed. I mean, I, well, you don't notice the difference because you don't have it. But I don't notice the difference even when I see it that much. <laughs> like I can see that yeah. the picture is a little bit better, but I don't know. 1080p is fine for me. <laughs> I do definitely see uh, a lot of shows that are too dark still, even with, you know, I, I also mostly getting things in 1080 and I watch plenty on my iPad. I watch more than I'd like to on my iPad, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, there's way too much that's dark. I also, I think we were talking about this a little bit last time. Like too, the last like, of us and Barry. There are some Barry. shows. Yeah. There are some shows that like feel a cheapness and historically to me, at least HBO shows didn't like a lot of Netflix shows tend to feel very, uh, cheap to me like like that they you know were were confined in small sets or that the sets themselves look kind of cheaply done because that's a place where they can save some costs or that it's like they're they're in full green screen rooms uh but i don't know like when it's to me it's uh, this is a problem that more affects the the real shows because like you were just <laughs> not that the last of us gets real uh infected but uh, yeah that's one where it's it's sometimes like annoyingly dark like you can turn your ipad's brightness all the way up and it's still like miserable to look at sometimes i find that annoying thank you for letting me complain you're well you're on the right show <laughs> uh you want to talk about some pro apps <laughs> yeah i'm interested i uh, i saw your uh post on mastodon about logic yeah i which is sad because it immediately rendered it totally useless for yeah me. um i have no use case for logic on the ipad so, now. so tell people what your your mastodon the, the, so yeah oh, let me recap my mastodon post so i i downloaded i found logic pro and final cut pro thanks to some people who ferreted out the uh, app store urls beforehand installed them signed up for the free trial on logic thinking great i've got a, i've got a podcast i need to edit actually um let me import it um move it over and see what the experience is like and so i started <laughs> copying over a show that lex and i did but I uh, realized it, the project file was so huge, it was going to take forever. So I grabbed a smaller project file just to open up in the interim, went to open it, and it gave me an error saying, you can't open uh, Logic Pro for Mac files that use a uh, basically have the ruler, the little timeline at the top in time format, instead of, which is normal by That's measure, hard. I believe, um, which is wild to me. Yeah. <laughs> I I... Uh, you know, Jason Snell wrote a, a preview or a, a first look at these over at Six Colors. Um, I think his point is correct that they've really prioritized even more than they already had music editing and music creation as the point of Logic Pro on the iPad. Um, and fine. I mean, that that seems to be where they're aiming for it. But I feel like, A, even even people creating music need a time-based <laughs> ruler on occasion to know how long things are um and b i guess it just reinforces that they never really design logic for people editing podcasts right. it feels not... it feels like it's a fixable thing or an addressable thing but it, it was interesting because like you mentioned this right away dan uh you are dan jason mentioned it uh, pretty early on that it doesn't make sense to do podcasts here and then of course you get like mac stories and i love the folks at mac stories but uh, it's very rare that they find things that Apple does that they don't like. <laughs> they were like, go do it. Use, use, use your iPad and logic to start editing podcasts. But uh, I'm going to trust the guys who I do all my podcasts with. So Dan, I'm, I'm not even going to install it. I'm not even going to install it based yeah, on I, your I'm criticism. Gonna, I, it, you can do it. I mean, you nope, got to go into the it. Mac and, right. Like, but the, you got the workaround is like going to the Mac and adjusting 
you know, the settings and then resaving it and then removing it over and then opening it again. Um, and at that point, the trickiness is if you have, say, somebody pointed out really great on, on my replies, or maybe it was, uh, it might've been Jim Metzendorf who edits a bunch of relay shows. Like it's going to be pretty hard to, uh, you know, figure out how long clockwise is, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a show that's 30 minutes long and he's like, yeah, it's a uh, bar 52 beat three. And right. that's, uh, there we're, that's where you are. I just, I find it. I'm sure they needed to prioritize some things over others. The same reason I think Final Cut Pro on the iPad does not support round tripping um, is that they, you know, that was right. something where it would be nice to have, but it wasn't something that was going to make um, make or break the first version. So they, I'm guessing they've put it off till later. The real question here, and, and this is a big issue with A, Pro Apps, and B, subscription fee Pro, pro Apps is... Is there a commitment to improving it over time? And you would hope that if they're charging X dollars per month or per year, that they are saying, well, this is now an act, this is an act in development and all the subscription revenue from that is going to help, you know, fund mm -hmm. sort of improvements over the lifetime of the software. It just seems like a really weird thing to, to not have. It does. It I, I, I mean, it's, it, I don't, I obviously have no idea what's involved in, in making that happen, but it, it seems like it. <laughs> Every other audio editing app has a timeline. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't, of all the things to cut, that one right. seems super weird. It's, it's just, it almost seems deliberate in a way. I mean, they, they that, wrote that, a dialogue is, box. They had to do it deliberately in some fashion. That it is, you know, they, they specifically do not want you to use logic for editing podcasts. Which is weird I just since I, well, the iPad has uh, studio quality microphones. So it's like, what else, <laughs> what else would you use? And I, I, although I haven't tested this, I bet I could plug in my audio interface um, and get multi-channel audio on that pretty easily because I'm pretty sure that already works in GarageBand. Yeah. So like you could plug in an interface and get multiple mics and all that and bring that in and that's great. But like, I just, what I find, what I find weird about it is that podcasting editing is such a small subset of the features mm -hmm. and most of those features are useful as well it's not like we're asking you to go out of your way to make more features that target specifically podcast editing it's like we use this subset of features which is way less than what logic can do overall and yet now you've subtracted those features from your ipad version which i agree does have a certain feel of deliberateness to it. Yeah. Oh, uh, you like that strip silence tool? Shame if something were to happen to it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't know. I find that bizarre. But I mean, I'm not sure this was going to be a real You guys are painting this as a, as a negative, but maybe the reality <laughs> is, is that Apple is working secretly on a podcast exclusive editing app. And that's oh, going to die mm -hmm. bad. There we go. I like it's that. It's a big dub dub announcement. Is it called Schmerite? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Deep cut. Uh, yeah. Anyways, Apple loves podcasting. That's so listen, since Apple won't support podcasts, maybe you can. Uh, this episode of The Rebound is brought to you by Memberful. Uh, monetizing a passion takes work. I have to talk to these guys every week. You have to have the right platform in place to build a membership business that's best for your audience. But it's hard when you're already busy with work and other projects. 
That's why Memberful makes it simple to build and run a membership business. Memberful has everything you need to run a membership program, including a streamlined and powerful checkout, an easy-to-use member portal, transactional emails, and a member management dashboard. I'm supposed to describe my experience with Memberful if I have one. And guess what? Of course I have one, because we use it right here for Rebound Prime, prime primeberrebondcast.com. And I don't know. I I can't speak for these two clowns, but I think Memberful has been actually super great for uh, Rebound and Rebound Prime in particular. We have the ability to email everybody. All their private feeds work. People can choose which version of the feeds they want. You can get just bonus episodes or bonuses and bootlegs or uh, just bootlegs. And like everything works the way they people want. And every once in a while, somebody will write because they're having an issue uh, or they like can't remember what email address they had. And like it's super easy to go into our side of Memberful and figure it out. And uh, every once in a while, somebody you guys take care of it all. <laughs> every once in a while, and I only take care of the easy stuff. Uh, every once in a while, somebody has like some help thing, right? They find some bug on our website or something, and I want to just throw them an extra month. If they're already a Rebound Prime member, that's easy too. So I'm a fan. Memberful lets you build a membership that's best suited to your audience with custom branding, newsletters, podcasts, gift subscriptions, Apple Pay, free and paid trials, automatic referral discounts, and tons more. And analytics give you an easy to use, in depth view of what's working, what's not, and where to double down. Memberful seamlessly integrates with the tools you already use, including MailChimp, WordPress, Stripe, Discord, and more. And if you need them, you can contact their world-class support team, ready to help you simplify your memberships and grow your revenue. They're passionate about your success, and you'll always have access to a real human, my favorite kind of human. Go and check it out right now to see if it could work for you. You can get started with no credit card required. Just go to memberful.com slash rebound. It could be the next great move for your business. Memberful.com slash rebound. Make sure you put in that slash rebound. Otherwise, they don't know we sent you. Our thanks to Memberful for their support of this show, both with this ad and our freaking Prime program. So good job, Memberful. Well, good job, other, you know, so you know, the best app that came out today was uh, Ivory for Mac, officially yes. out of beta. I, I had, as others had mentioned, I had forgotten it was in beta. Uh, yeah, because so of good. how stable it was. Right. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I, I'm glad that it's out of beta. Looking forward to future updates to it as well. I'm glad and, mostly that everybody who didn't get a chance to use it in beta can now use it. And yeah. if you paid for, which I forget what the the pro, what was it? Uh, Ultimate, Ultimate premium. <laughs> extreme pro ultimate Max premium extreme yeah. galactic um whatever the higher tier was uh you get on ios you get the mac app for free i mean yeah, yeah. for nice. your for right. your continued patronage i guess so that's uh, cool just in time yeah. for mastodon to die is that right or no because <laughs> we're all on blue sky now nope because Dan, no. dan's Be doing so good on blue sky <laughs> Just, yeah, just racking up the likes on Blue Sky. Is Dan killing it on Blue Sky? I, oh, this no. Is, this is all no, I'm being, I am Dan, being Dan killed on Blue Sky. constantly complaining I was getting no interaction on Blue Sky. No engagement. Uh, Zero. Yeah, very, very, very little. Um, yeah, I don't quite understand. There, there isn't really an algorithm. I mean, there is. There is an algorithmic view, but it doesn't default to that. So I guess it's just the people who follow me who hate me. How many, people, how many people are following you? I don't know. It's not that much. It's like a hundred. Yeah, I think. Some. I mean, it, it, there's only like twenty eight thousand people. I mean, I forget how many people are on it now. I mean, it's not. It's not a lot. So, I, I would expect that you would not get hundred hundred eighty three. Hundred eighty three followers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think if you, so, um, you probably have a lot more. One of those members. If you if you if you divide uh, the billion dollars Jack Dorsey got when Elon Musk bought Twitter by those twenty eight thousand, it's about thirty five thousand seven hundred fourteen dollars per member. Oh, Jack should pay that out. Yeah. Sure. Um, 
I so I did uh, out of interest use as somebody pointed out there is a a Mastodon to Blue Sky bridge or a, a Blue Sky Blue Sky to Mastodon client bridge I guess where certain apps that support um it can basically like there's an instance you can log into and with your Blue Sky account basically um and then get your Blue Sky second thing as a separate account in your Mastodon client which is clever um I think that strikes me as like we've talked in the past. I think about like, is there interoperability? Is that sort of the future of this, where it's like everything will have a protocol that's sort of interoperable in the same way that you can use like micro.blog stuff has some interoperability with Mastodon, um, and it works. I've posted stuff to it. I've read stuff on it. Like it's actually pretty solid. I will say that there are a couple of limitations. One I noted. Uh, I think because I have the same account name like i'm at d moron on both blue sky and mastodon that it, it like changed all my names of my accounts in like the little menu to the like instead of being the like dan moron or clockwise podcast mm-hmm. or not playing or the rebound it says like the full mastodon handle right um that could just be a ivory implementation bug or something or maybe because i have the same username so that was one issue. The bigger issue is that it doesn't understand um it doesn't understand blue skies at tags. So it just doesn't show them. So you get a oh, lot yeah. of posts that you yep. scroll through and it just it's like a no context post basically, uh which is extremely confusing. Yeah. Um <laughs> and I don't think it understands um because Mastodon doesn't currently have it, it doesn't really understand quote posting either. Um so yeah, it's it's an imperfect thing, but it's just a thing that somebody rigged up like in their spare time, basically. Like if there was an actual will to interoperate these services, I have no doubt technologically that you could do that. The problem is that, like, if you follow somebody on both platforms, you're going to end up seeing a lot of. I mean, only if they're cross posting. Repeats Anthony Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, apparently... I just don't understand it because it takes so long. You got to like copy and paste it and everything, or I don't know. It requires oh, more thought than I put in it usually. Yeah. We're all using some secret apps that let us post all those services in one stand. We just haven't shared those with you yet. Oh, okay. They're Thanks. pre-alpha. But and, uh, and Meta says that Instagram is getting ready to launch its Twitter competitor. I'm sure Moltz <laughs> won't be on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I miss Moltz on Instagram because he had the best animal photos. Well, I don't have the animal anymore. <laughs> so I thought we were going for non-depressing. Time. Well, well, you brought it up, <laughs> but, but but it's the bonus episode that we had. To be. That's <laughs> we had to right. Be not Save depressing. it. Save it, everybody. Yeah, yeah. we're keeping it for you, the, the everybody this time. Uh, but yeah, so Dan, are you going to try out uh, whatever the Instagram Twitter thing is? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they claim it'll be activity pub compatible. So I'm interested. Well, yeah, I'm there was a whole story about how people in Mastodon were arguing that they shouldn't federate with it, and I was like. I, I think somebody I think might have been Christina Warren had a pretty good take on it. Yes. Like, but, well, this, this is dumb. Don't my do that. Beef, <laughs> my beef with Christina Warren's thread is sometimes I think and like Moltz used to complain rightly about I mean Moltz still complains, but Moltz used to complain rightly about this one thing, which was people like boosting or retweeting Trump posts into their timeline on Twitter. Uh, you don't have to see them. We don't have to amplify these things. There are definitely some you know the the stereotypical images they're they're like bearded in basements but there's definitely some some <laughs> folks on Mastodon who are like no don't let anybody else do anything differently from what we've always done here in right. you know the the months that it's been popular it's a good uh, and, impression I mean, of that guy thank you but i there's i don't know I, I did not think that there was anybody who mattered 
<laughs> who's saying, "Oh, don't don't let those other people in here. Like, defederate them before they even start." Like, that's just that's dumb. That's dumb person talk. That's all I'm saying. So, Christina Warren's argument on Mastodon about Mastodon was 100 right on this front. But, but I, is it is it amplifying it gives you credibility? Is it an argument, it it an argument that people we really give a shit about are having? Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I think there is a strong undercurrent of that attitude on Mastodon that is yeah. very much a uh, uh, it's the year of Linux on the desktop mm-hmm. attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. that is like, I just don't get behind that. I feel like that's a good way to kill your, yeah. your social network, especially. I feel like, yeah, I mean, I feel like I, neither, I agree, agree. It's not necessarily people that matter. Neither Blue Sky nor Mastodon is is 100% where I want them to be, for sure. Yeah. Um, no, but, not at all. But the, the conversation, I find the conversation on, and the, well, and just the, like the the overall, like, not being involved in something that's being created by a rich guy who screwed it up in the first place um uh, makes me makes me like mastodon a little bit better currently anyway it's it's, it's a little more active and it's a little bit of a different it's a different community i think like there is some overlap but i feel like that largely the tech community is very active on mastodon with a few other exceptions and then the blue sky seems to be a little bit more of the celebrity slash um you know yeah. joke post in Twitter contingent. I, you know, I, I would um, think I would like more, but I, for some reason, I, just, I, find yeah, I agree. It, I, I find I, it. I don't. It's a little more performative. I think is, my Mastodon I think feed. It's a little more it, performative. Yeah, my Mastodon feed isn't actually as it's. It's like it's. I find this amazing to even have as complete. It's not as busy as I'd like, right? Like, uh, there's definitely you know posts there every day, and I'm I'm no longer a social networking completionist as of many years ago. But there's there's not enough there. Like I can forget to look sometimes for many hours, and at the end of the day, oh, I never checked Mastodon today because it's, it's still not quite a must read. I, I'm deriving some joy from it. But I feel like that's kind yet. of ideal though. <laughs> Like, it I could think, be. like it could be. I, you know, for a long time I was too into Twitter, but yeah, yeah I do think what's something helpful about the low volume is it does encourage me to feel like I don't need to check it all the time. Right. Um, even though it like makes me aware of when I open it and like hit refresh a bunch of like, ah, uh, and I, then I think I should be doing something else with this time. Yeah, I guess that's a benefit. Checking blue sky, <laughs> and that's when Dan goes to blue sky. Exactly, <laughs> indeed. Uh, well, before when we were doing the ad, we talked about um, Rebound Prime, and one of the perks of Rebound Prime is that people get to submit questions. We have a, a handful of questions. If you guys are, are open to answering some today, yeah, right. I, I'm I'm open to answering the questions all the time. Listener Garrett asks, inspired by Dan knowing Chris O'Dowd's whistling double, what is your favorite personal case of Glenning? Definition one. I think that's the <laughs> definition of Glenning, where you know somebody who's unimportant or surprisingly important, but it connected in a weird way. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll I'm really, yeah, I'm in a little trouble without that. That, that my, question my, was phrased. My uncle's my uncle's mailman's barber uh, was good friends with this, you know, that's, character that's actor the, on that, the 1950s TV show. That's there an example. Go. Sure. Of gl- of Glenning definition number one. There are many definitions of Glenning. Sure, yes. I know. I, I, that, I, that part I understood of the question. Um, but, okay, so... Uh, hmm. Do you want them to resubmit their <laughs> question in a more intelligible format? <laughs> and if you could fax it to me, that'd be great. I, uh, I don't know. I, I, first, my favorite personal case, case of Glenning. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question, Garrett. I'm going with Dan's answer. I, my friend Dan knows Chris O'Dowd's whistling double. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, gosh, I feel like I should, I should, uh, should have one. Um, 
I don't know. I, I, I was thinking my, my dad, my dad no, had met, and I only found this out like, well, I mean, now it's probably about 10 years ago, but I've known my dad for a lot longer than that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I found out only when Steve Jobs died that my dad had met Steve Jobs. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. And, uh, like a, was there more like, to that story? He was, when, like, I mean, no, he was, like, real, real briefly, but it was like in the early '80s when he was going to Wall Street to, like, you know, pitch to, the, I, I guess, when they were taking the company public or something like that, or they were looking for more funding for the Mac or so. I can't remember exactly what the what the reason was, but it was like in the early '80s. Um, he he went and did a bunch of meetings with Wall Street people, and my dad was one of them. Uh, my dad tells a story about how when he was, so he was ROTC in college, and then when he got out, he worked uh, in a, basically just a desk job at the Pentagon for like less than a year. And he said, uh, basically, I just ran slides, and I once ran slides for Barry Goldwater, which is really <laughs> only relevant if you're over a certain age, and I think that age is probably older than I am, but... <laughs> There you go. Uh, okay. I'll, we'll, we'll do it with dads. So there was a, a person I really had never heard of, but my dad should tell a story about sometime he was in some public place and recognized Jimmy Nelson, who was a famed ventriloquist in like the fifties oh and sixties. Uh, and my dad's looking at him and he's, he's clearly with his face saying, Hey, you're Jimmy Nelson, the ventriloquist and Jimmy Nelson, the ventriloquist, he's my dad. And my dad hasn't said anything. And the guy brings up his hand, you know, it was one of that thumb hand puppet things and just has it go, Yes, I am. And then he walks away. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I like that story. Senior I'm also ninety percent sure it was Jimmy Nelson. I did Google famous ventriloquist of the nineteen fifties and he was the he was he was number one with the bullet. So I'm guessing it was him. Who knows? Oh, okay. Lex, did you have uh, a ventriloquist dummy as a as a as a young man? I never owned a true ventriloquist's dummy, no. Okay. We have this came up the other day because we we have Karen got this uh what is it? Death by Chocolate, I think it's a game. Uh, it's a murder mystery game, it's a, and so it's, it's a great ice cream flavor. You're supposed to, um, and you know, you're supposed to camp it up, of course. And and one of the characters is a ventriloquist, and so <laughs> we were talking about where somebody might be able to get a ventriloquist to dummy. I'm and a reasonable. I guess was like, I had one when I was, you know, when I was like a kid. That's horrible. awesome. Horrible to have. One I love that you had one. It's just Terrifying. nightmarish. Uh, we have more questions, but I just want to, I want to do some real-time follow-up. Uh, John Syracuse had texted me on something totally unrelated seconds after we had mentioned John Syracuse. I believe Dan specifically said it was a Syracusean level mm-hmm. Sorry, I, I should have said his name three times. That's right. Yeah. And so he, he wrote to me, and uh, I said, hey, you just came up and pasted him my in-progress list of episode titles. And then he said, well, Dan should get a 4K TV, but he can wait a year or two. Unless someone else is buying it for him, then he should only wait until the reviews for the Sony A95L are out and then ask me which TV to buy. <laughs> Just call me Silent Carl. Um, anyway, so that's some real time There's a follow-up. lot in that. There's yeah, a lot. Right, possibly right. too yes, much. And a, and a callback to a, a previous question. Listener Kevin S. says, what killer app would make you order the Apple headset, whatever it's going to be called? Zarus. Uh, get to tears, that. tears of the kingdom. Oh, yeah, that's not happening. No, that's definitely good to know what happening. it is. Yeah, uh, well, that's something probably like a sex thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was number uh, one, but I didn't want to say that. A podcast editing app <laughs> with a timeline. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, I mean, that, I'm in. that was those those apps were specifically discussed as possibly being for that. I you know. know. So so forget it. It's not happening. Well, because it's going to be the the video is going to be all about like check it out how you can have all your different music windows and like do all this DJing stuff, you know, with all you know like your turntable, virtual mm-hmm. turntables over here and your crossfaders here and I'm just like I just want to edit a podcast, please. Please leave me alone. <laughs> uh yeah, there's I, I cannot come up with one, Kevin, which is part of the problem for me. I guess a really good crossy road. Um, here oh, asks, yeah, yeah get actually hit a by time. a car if you, yeah. If yeah, you right. cross the road wrong. <laughs> I, that's the immersive experience I want. People talk about immersion in gaming a lot, and I feel like I have a lot of concerns about games that are too immersive, where it's like, I've played a lot of FPSs, you know. I don't yeah. want the feeling of getting shot or experiencing mm-hmm. my own death. Uh, immersively, I could take a pass on that. Someone posted it was it was supposedly like check out this new game, look how realistic it looks, and I think I think it was later determined. I never got to the bottom of it because I didn't care that much, but that it was actually fake. It was it was actual real life pretending to be a video <laughs> game. Um, but I, I, it, watching it initially, thinking wow, this is amazing graphics. It was you know it was a guy going through like a warehouse shooting people, and I was like, this is horrible. <laughs> This is absolutely horrible. I don't want this kind of experience. Like there's a there's a level of disconnect that you can have when you know it's a video game. And when you think that it's real life, it becomes much more much worse, I think. Particularly yeah, I when be you're playing like a violent first person shooter game. Yeah. I want to be shooting fireballs as a yeah. plumber. That's the level of separation I need. It's fair. Um Mahir wants to know if today's bonus episode will be depressing too. Stuff like this always comes in threes. Stay tuned. We'll find out. Yeah, we don't know. Uh, Garrett is back with the question. When it comes to tech purchases, how much of the enjoyment is from the anticipation versus actually using it? And I will tell you, Garrett, I, I, I feel like maybe your question was meant a little bit lightheartedly. This is the thing I think about all the time. And I think there's actually yeah. a word for this phenomenon. But like... There's, there are times when I start thinking about buying a thing and then it really becomes like a very loud and dominating thought. And I spend a lot of time mm-hmm. thinking about that thing. And I know that I will, the easiest way to quiet is just buying the thing. But if I don't need the thing, then I don't want to buy. But like, I do think that a ton of it is the anticipation of the thing. I think it's a, yeah. a big, big deal. I, Sometimes I you get the thing tr- and they're like, now what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to say, I think that is a trick a lot with the things that I buy that are then kind of anticlimactic or at the very least, like things that, may have a utility somewhere down the road, but immediately you get it and you're like, okay, now I have this thing. And you like press a couple buttons and you're like, there's nothing else to do with it. Like, now it's just, <laughs> like I think about something as boring as like, a, oh, I need like a new, you know, external hard drive or SSD or something. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Those are always really in, exciting. And like now, it. and now you you're, get it. it's like, you're backing up. Right, connected <laughs> the cable and there we go. Like just the other day, I was going to bring this up later, but I'll bring it up now. I actually bought a, um, bought a new battery pack. For my iPhone, there was a sale was on the, the Anchor ones that are MagSafe battery packs, mm. where you can just slap it on the back of your phone. Um, and I got it, and I connect it, and it's pretty cool. I like it. I will definitely get utility out of it, but it's like it's not something I'm going to use right now. It's something yeah. that probably the next time I'm traveling, I'll be like, oh, this is actually way better than the old solution where I had to like plug a cable in and mm-hmm. have this clunky cable and thing in my pocket or whatever. Now I just slap this on the back and it's got a little stand on it. I was like, all right, it's very nice, but it's like, I've charged it up and I don't need it now because I'm in my house. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> but I bet you were super excited to get it. I, I had to show my wife, check it out. It just sticks to the back. This is so cool. Check it out. It's got like this great little click magnet. I'll bet she was yeah. really. 
Uh, yep. yep. Really as usual. as well. <laughs> She's uh, learned to ev- ev- evince some degree of mild enthusiasm, at least. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> the anticipation is a big piece of it. It's a thing. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, I'm trying to think. Of like, what I think... It, well, oh, so I, uh, I, there, this was going around a few months ago. It was like a little. It was a s- desktop like set, and it's a bunch of like icons, you know, classic Mac icons that were made into little physical things. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I thought, oh my god, this is adorable. And so I sent it to Karen. and I said, you can give me this for Father's Day. And so she she immediately got it, and then she forgot why she got it, and she found it in the closet, and she was like, I think I meant to give you this for Christmas. And I was like, no, you meant to give me that for Father's Day, but she's like, oh, well, here it is. So she gave it to me, and I opened it up, and I'm like, now I have this like bunch of plastic no, crap that I have absolutely no use for. And I was, just, I was like, boy, this was like, this was a mistake. <laughs> I kind of just want to get rid of it, honestly. <laughs> there's well, like there's some yeah. little notepads that look like you know uh, Finder Windows. Those are really cute. Um, and then the there's a desktop that is a white a little whiteboard. And I, so Do I think th- I'm going to put that next to my you know like where I work and you know use a dry erase marker. Like Lexus got something like that. Um, to write, Do you think to write that notes it's down. like? So I think it I, might I, end I ha- up being useful, but right now I'm I am super disappointed. I if I may. Uh like throw this out there as sort of a deeper question do you think some of that is a function of getting older possibly like, although i think I don't this know. is just i think this is just mostly the things they're like you know they're little icons turned into plastic and it's like they have absolutely right, that's the thing. No it's like use. i have way less enthusiasm for little tchotchkes yeah than i did yeah you know 10 years ago i had like a i had this big um rubber made bin of like junk basically that i had accumulated basically i had shoved stuff in there since like college right like it was all like stuff that was on like my dorm room desk and then some one of my office desks when i worked in an office for a little while and it was stuck in a bin and then i you know that bin was in my old apartment and when we moved i was like oh god i can't believe i'm moving this thing uh and so i opened it up and went through it thinking like i'm gonna be like it's gonna be all nostalgic and be like i can't get rid of this or i can't get rid of this nope got rid of like 95 (laughs) percent of it (laughs) i was just like yeah why did i keep this all for so many years it's just junk right i mean i i do do love like you know i have a bunch of like star trek stuff that i still absolutely love and i will never get rid of but there is a there is also a a large collection i mean like i i kept stuff that i had on my work desk for years and i found it in a box like a couple years yeah, ago. i've got one stuff. shelf like, now in my you know, i feel like one bouquet shelf in my office now that is like that's where the tchotchkes live and if they overflow that shelf something's going <laughs> there's there is i think garrett a positive aspect to this but i'm not going <laughs> to tell you what it is until after the break because <laughs> we have another ad uh, this episode of the rebound is also brought to you by factor spring is here and who doesn't want wholesome and convenient meals to energize you for warmer, more active days and keep you on track reaching your goals? Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and can help you fuel up fast with ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and tackle everything on your to-do list. If you're too busy to cook this May, you can skip the trip to the grocery store and skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. Then go back outside and soak up that warmer weather. Factor offers delicious, flavor-packed options on the menu each week to fit a variety of lifestyles, including keto, calorie-smart, which are around or less than 550 calories per serving, 
vegan and veggie, which you have the option to add a protein to on selected meals, and Protein Plus, which have 30 grams of protein or more per serving. And because they're prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has everything you need. With more than 34 weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can choose from more than 45 add-ons, including breakfast items like apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and potato bacon and egg breakfast skillet plus cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. And if you're looking to pack in more protein, you can add on filling options like a salmon filet or chicken wings to your factory meals. Factory meals are ready faster than restaurant delivery in just two minutes, plus it's more budget-friendly than takeout. And you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. Because Factor offset 100% of their delivery emissions to your door, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. Uh, all of us got factor food. Um, turns out D- Dan was never a smoothie guy, and he was like, hey, these smoothies aren't bad. My kids loved the smoothies. Uh, I didn't get to eat too many of the factor meals because my wife ate them all. I, the <laughs> one I had, I liked. This may get factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh flavor-packed meals delivered to your door ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash rebound50 and use code rebound50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code rebound50 at factormeals.com slash rebound50 to get 50% off your first box. Our thanks to Factor for their support of this show and my family's stomachs. I will say I really enjoyed those meals. And and we we got COVID while we had them. And so it was fantastic <laughs> to them, have not to from be, them, no, because we got be we got them and then we we got we got COVID from Canada, actually, because we went to Canada <laughs> and came back with COVID. Canadian COVID. Imported and COVID. Th- it was fantastic to have them because obviously and just Karen and I got COVID, Hank did not. And so neither of us wanted to cook, of course. And so it was so convenient to have those things and be able to heat them up and get and eat something that tasted really good. So, so the uh, Garrett, the where this plate comes in nicely is with experiences, right? And I think that Dan mentioned as part of this getting older, I think one thing you do learn more and more as you get older is that it's it's worth it to spend more money on experiences than on stuff most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you have a trip, like sometimes Lauren and I have planned family trips and not told the kids because they're going to ask about it too much, but I'm not actually a huge supporter of that or like, so we can surprise them with the trip like right before. Cause I love the idea of telling people about the trip and starting to think about the trip and plan the trip and anticipate the trip. Like mm-hmm. that's the one place where anticipating the thing before you get it is, you know, I think a net positive. So there you go. That's not a tech purchase though. I agree. Although I agree. Experiences tend to be more and more a thing that unless you go to WWE now. <laughs> Mr. Hey kids, we're going to WWDC. Mr. E-Man asks, have you ever done a Myers-Briggs personality test? If so, <laughs> are you willing to share your personality type? I've definitely done them. I don't remember I don't what remember. I got. I, I, I think, did one for I you. I think I finally I threw mine out. I, I, <laughs> I think I when we cleaned house uh, last summer, I think I finally like ripped all those things. I had a, I had a binder with the whole, all the results in it, and I think I finally got rid of it. So I, and I could, not, I did I could not tell you what the heck the results were. I took one on the web. I have no idea how accurate it was. I spent you know maybe eight minutes taking it for you, and it said ENFJ. That might be right. I don't even know what that means. So if that helps I, you, there you go feel like maybe i took one at some point but honestly i just i think they're bullshit so i don't feel very i mean i think they, no. they it, the results were exactly what you'd expect for me basically you know i mean i i i think i'm sensitive i cry a lot um <laughs> that's only when thing. you're on this show i i really depressing. i don't know my it's wife and depressing. i have have disagreements about this a lot because she thinks they're valuable uh tool can be valuable tools for sort of determining 
uh, your fit, like how how much you might be interested in a certain position or things you would like to do. But I think they are total snake oil. And I was reading something about them recently. Were these the ones that were initially created by like, I want to say like a housewife or something in like the 50s? Um, Don't know. Actually, even uh, yeah, earlier, even earlier, 1917, uh, and it was basically um, ba- no one who had they had no education in psychology and were both self-taught and basically came up with this thing, which ended up just being a really big like marketing hit. I think more than anything. Mm. Um, so, I would not be yeah. surprised also to find out there's a there's some significant racism involved. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I, I, I would also, you know, I, I like Dan. I've I've long been a non-believer in these kinds of things. I had to do one at one of the, the last offsites I attended while at my last employer. Uh, uh, it wasn't Myers Briggs; it was something else, and I was really very much not interested in any of it. <laughs> and uh, then got my results, and I was shocked at how accurate they were. Now, it'd be valuable to this conversation if I can remember which one that was, uh, but it was. It was so good. Then I was like, oh, wait, am I, is this like a, a horoscope where it could apply to anybody? But everybody's was different and everybody was feeling so seen. So I think it's possible that these can be done well. But I think the, the most popular or free to take online ones are probably not that useful. That's my I, s- I still laugh at like my mother tells a story about in either high school or like early college taking one of those like aptitude tests where it tells you what your ideal career should be. And Hearst told her she should be a forest ranger. <laughs> Which I laugh at because my mother is not an outdoorsy person. I think essentially it was like, oh, you just want a job where nobody bothers you. Can you read? You can read books all day. Mm. <laughs> now uh, the the that one doesn't really frame... sound like a forest ranger. I mean, like that sounds like someone's no, idea. No, it sounds like somebody's idea ranger. of yeah, a forest right, ranger. Exactly. From Fifty. Yeah. <laughs> the 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 frame framing that I liked uh, with the one that I had done at work was. It wasn't it was supposed to tell you like stuff. It was about you, but it was more so that you could tell everybody else like what your thing was, so that they could know how better to approach you, so they could categorize you, put you in a yeah, slot, exactly. and just fit mm-hmm. you. Oh, in a, you're oh. somebody who needs a lot of facts, or right, <laughs> you're a Republican. Um, so <laughs> we've got <laughs> those. Those are the two ends of the spectrum. <laughs> that's this. I was just annoyed because I got a push alert about how uh, DeSantis is going to announce that he's running for president in a conversation on Twitter with Elon Musk and. Boy, that's oh very my god! I, hate, I literally hate everything in that sentence. Yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, there is one more question though, so uh, buckle up because iFix.cz is back. Do you regularly murder apps on iOS or have family members to report? I have a best friend who has worked at the same Apple authorized service provider for almost 20 years. I love him with all my heart. But once we got into a seriously bad fight when I found out that he always goes to his app switcher and removes everything, I showed him the paragraph from iPhone Guide where it says you shouldn't do it. But his argument is, I know that I'm not going to use these for a while. Yeah, right. Like messages. What about you make a poll on Mastodon or the other thing, please, and report back on how other people use it? Okay. Um, Let me... Can I jump in yet or are you still going? Go for it. That's the question. First of all, just let people do their own thing. <laughs> Why get into a fight about that? Nothing changed. Like, it doesn't influence that guy's life. I mean, I don't know. Well, I doesn't think it? I mean, I don't know. It's a waste of time, right? Yeah, but that person has decided they want to spend that time. Okay. Fine. Maybe it's know. therapeutic or meditative for them or something. I don't mm. know, right? Like, brings them joy? Who knows? <laughs> Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's not hurting you. <laughs> I, I leave them alone. Uh, in the same way that, like, if, if they started coming up to you and was like, why don't you force quit all your apps? Let me show you all this evidence that shows you you should be forced quitting your apps. You'd be probably annoyed. My so, take on this is, is basically the same as Dan's. Like, let people do what it is they want to do. And don't worry about it. 
Uh, and I honestly My take is think... grab his phone and smash it. <laughs> so you've That's got the whole range. <laughs> I just wanted to stake out another, you know. No, I'm, I'm, I trust John on this. But so the, the other thing is, I kind of... I kind of 100% don't... I don't buy Apple's argument that you shouldn't do this 100%. <laughs> and my reason is, like, recently I've been having battery issues uh, on my phone. Like, I really have to charge my phone during the day. And, like, what do I... What do I, I play the New York Times games in the morning <laughs> and use my phone the way people use their phone during the day. I work from home. And it really was getting low. And finally, after a couple of days of this, I was like, let me check what's going on with the battery usage. And there were two apps that were uh, using lots and lots of battery time in the background. Uh, one of them was Reddit, and I can't remember what the other one was, but neither of them needs to be doing anything in the background. Like, just shut the fuck up when I'm not using it. So I, in this case, I turned off their background app refresh. But if I were a forced quitter, then they wouldn't be able to do it anyway. Uh, so I don't know. Let the let, the, let people do what they want. I'm yeah, I, I think there are cases in which apps can run amok in the background. I mean, it's software has bugs. There's always a possibility. So in cases where you Is run into true? these Does things. Is that true? software have bugs? Software does have bugs. Um, First time here. I, you know, I was having this conversation with my mom the other day because she's saying her phone was like running down a lot. And um, she's like, I went to look at my list of apps that were using it. And it said, uh, recently deleted app was the entry. <laughs> and she's like, I don't remember deleting anything. So I did some looking and discovered that if you update your apps, it may classify the old version. Like if today you update an app, but you're looking at your weak view and <laughs> HBO. Like it was the old version. Uh, oh, I thought it was example. one of those things where it's, it like automatically offloads apps. I thought it was that. No, was I don't that. think she's even got that set up um but yeah so that can apparently show up but also her app like her screen shows nothing there's no reason her battery should be running down but her battery's all over the place possibly because she has a first gen se that she's still using if her screen shows nothing she should replace that phone wow yeah that's impressive uh, yeah it's still i mean she loves the the phone and i yeah she's not wrong her hands good phone Uh, phone. (laughs) i just replaced my dad's phone with a uh, most recent generation of se uh, because he had an iPhone 6, I want to say. Um, and uh, he was re- very resistant until I kept pointing out that like it looks the same. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. The back will look different, but you're not going to see the back because you put it in a case. Right. He's like, can I use the same case? I'm like, let's find out. And the answer is, if you don't care about using the camera, which he doesn't, then yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> because it like the camera is just larger. The lens is larger and doesn't fit in the cutout um like it's I just funny to me that he doesn't use the, the camera that's like the no, one he thing he my barely uses his phone let's be clear i the only reason i updated this for him is because it was stuck on iphone ios 12 i don't know some really old version uh and he couldn't open his um mlb app anymore and even that he was like well <laughs> it's fine i don't yeah, really care about it i can I'll just, just go on the web in the dark. i was like oh my god exactly just, i i'll get you a new phone it'll be faster it'll be better it will look almost the same <laughs> oh, pulling teeth adults right that's right they're the worst right. mm-hmm. dan warned you about getting older everybody right don't do it <laughs> 